Hello, and thank you for joining us. This is Brian, your host of the Parish the Thought Show. The opinions of said host and our guests have not been sanitized or scientifically tested, so please consume at your own risk. Hey everyone, thanks and welcome back to the show. My guest today for the fourth time is my third daughter, Emily Parrish, and she has recently returned from an 18-month service and proselyting mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Emily was serving the people in the Bentonville, Arkansas and Springfield, Missouri areas, so we get to talk about the why behind her choice to serve God in this capacity and the remarkable life nuggets she learned while away. One of her most profound takeaways is that God cannot lead us if we are not moving. We cannot steer a parked car. Ladies and gentlemen, and whoever else is listening, guess what? Today we have a special guest again. It is my dear daughter, Emily Parrish, who has just returned from... A 18-month church mission in Bentonville, Arkansas. Welcome, Emily. Hi. Thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> and for, it's good to be back. It's good to be back in civilization. <laughs> how's, how's the adjustment so far to being home? Weird. It's weird. Let's back up because there's many in this audience who may not know what you were doing or what a church mission is. So, for those who may not know, tell them. Give a little story. Give a little backstory on what a church mission is, what that looks like. Okay. Okay. Super quick overview. In the New Testament, uh, I think it's in like Matthew or something, Jesus tells his apostles and his disciples to go out and to teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit or something. So, basically, that's like his call to all followers of Christ is to go out and to share the gospel. So that's what a mission trip is. You go out and you teach people about Christ. But not only teaching people about Christ, um, we do a lot of like service and a lot of just like any form of help that we can do for anybody. So it looks different in different missions. It looks different in different states. <clears throat> um, for me, it was we get up at 630. We have personal time from 6.30 till Well, let's back up 10. even more. Can we, can we oh, back okay, up yeah. even more? Sure. Someone might go, why would you go to Bentonville? Who decides How do where you, get you the go? Why, did you, why Bentonville, Arkansas? It seems like a kind of a boring place in the middle of the country. One of those flyover states. <laughs> so why thought. would you go there? <laughs> so, yeah, we don't pick where we go. We actually, we kind of like sign up. You fill out what you call mission papers. It just tells you the, like the mission. Well, it tells the presidency of the church so the prophet and his apostles it tells them like your availability if you have any severe illnesses because if you do if you do you don't get sent typically you don't get sent out of the states so that you have access to health care and things like that but you just fill out this like application kind of and then it goes to the first presidency and the apostles the 12 apostles and then they review each application individually and prayerfully select where you go. And there's missions all over the world, except for some places in like China. But there's missions everywhere, which is awesome. So you can go 
anywhere the Lord needs you to go. And having been in Arkansas and come back, I definitely know that that was where God needed me to be, to meet specific people and to learn specific lessons. So it's kind of cool. I loved it. It was pretty freaking foreign to me. <laughs> Arkansas is a foreign mission. Yeah. <laughs> what was foreign about it? Um, Probably mostly just the culture. Like it's technically the South. It's like the Midwest. And just everybody there has some sort of religion. It was super cool to go around and just see like every street corner has a different church on it. Almost everyone goes to church and they're not ashamed to talk about it. Everybody talks about God. At the end of every phone call, you always hear God bless. And I just love that. And so like that was different, which you would expect it to be that way in Utah, considering that there are so many churchgoers here, but it's not that way. So it was interesting to go out there and to see that and just the Southern hospitality and how real that was. And it's also very different climate wise, lots of bugs, lots of humidity, very hot, but also very cold. So I don't know. It was just cool. Why? Why? I know you're, it's a commandment from God to do that, but if other Christians have their religion, what's the point of trying to share what you know with them? Don't they already have it? What was the greatest takeaway you had? I'm sure there's a thousand of them, but if you can <laughs> think of oh, maybe two. Because I, I interviewed, just for people who are listening, just tuning in, I interviewed Emily before she went, after she got her call to go to Arkansas. We had an interview, and she was all excited about going. So now this mm-hmm. is the post-mission interview about what she learned, how she grew, all that kind of good stuff. So take it away. So like my two biggest takeaways, as I said? Or six. Okay. <laughs> two or six. <laughs> um, Probably... Like, I could talk for a thousand years about my mission experience, but I would say this is actually something that you talk about a lot. It's just the importance of the first and second great commandment of to love God and to love your neighbor. I think what I took away from it was that there is so much more joy and fulfillment in actively choosing Christ, like choosing to love Christ and to love God. And by doing that, lots of love a lot of other things follow suit, like choosing to read your scriptures and go to church and to pray and to prioritize your relationships and to prioritize being a good person. Like the people who chose that and chose to live a quote unquote Christ-like life, they're typically happier. I know I felt happier. I felt more fulfilled living a life like that than how I lived before. And then like the second thing is probably just the joy in service, there's a scripture that says, um, there's a couple, one in the Book of Mormon, Mosiah 2, 17, that says, when you're in the service of your fellow beings, you're only in the service of your God. And then there's another scripture in the Bible somewhere that's like, whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. That's like part of it. I think I butchered that. But that was so true. Like going out and just focusing for 18 months on other people and how to help them build a relationship with Christ and how to help them find peace and find hope and find joy. Just thinking of other people all the time was so fulfilling. And so like, I want to take those back with me and try to keep doing that and to keep choosing God and choosing to live like he wants me to live and to just love people. And I feel like that's 
that's the essence of all religion. That's what everyone's trying to do is just to try to be good and to live good. It's just to be our best selves. But everyone has different like methods of getting there, I guess. But yeah, so probably do, that. Do good, be good. Do good and be good. And that's mm-hmm. how you serve God. Yep. Because sometimes it can be daunting. Like, well, serve God. Well, what does that mean? How do I serve God? I don't even know where he is. Yeah. It's kind of all in your mindset. I've, I've also realized like it's what you, how you think about what you're doing. Like you could get up and go to work and hate your job and be grumpy the whole time and come home and just live your life. Or you could wake up and think, okay, today I'm going to try to choose to be Christ-like, or I'm going to try to choose to make today a good day and to help somebody else. Like you can think about things differently, like your mundane everyday tasks. And that's like, also living your religion too like just i'm gonna think about my life differently than just a secular way i'm gonna think about it in a spiritual way i don't know well service is almost a selfish thing (laughs) think about it it is selfless (laughs) it's a selfish selfless act it's because it benefits you so much i know that if i go help somebody i'm gonna get a warm and fuzzy feeling in my tummy but it's not it. always like the motivating factor, you know. It's not like I'm going to do this because I no, want to feel good, it, but it's the result. It's, yeah. a, it's a, a natural byproduct that happens yeah. every time, well, most every time. Yeah, it is kind of funny. I don't know. Your brother would say something different because I know we did some recent service things and helped some people out, and from his perspective, they seem to have backfired on us in a big way. So he's like, "Oh, see, we shouldn't help people now because you just, it just, it doesn't work out." <laughs> I said, well, that's not really, that's not, that's not the it. motivating factor. That's not why you do it. But you do good that just anyway. happened to, you still do good. Yeah, it's do like good that anyway. Mother Teresa quote. Do good anyway. I don't know the rest of it's long, but I know it says that. <laughs> the Mother Teresa quote? Yeah. It's like people will, I can't remember, get mad at you, but do good anyway. Like be good anyway. Do it anyway. I can't remember. Just like go be good anyway and it'll, it'll come up. Well, you know what? We're going to find it. We're going to look for it right now. Okay. Mother Teresa quotes. Here we go. Ah, do it anyway, she says. Yes. People are often unreasonable, irrational, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish, ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some faith, some unfaithful friends and some genuine enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and sincere, people may deceive you. Be honest and sincere anyway. What you spend years creating, others could destroy overnight. Create anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, some may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today will often be forgotten. Do good anyway. Give the best you have, and it will never be enough. Give your best anyway. In the final analysis, it is between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. Isn't that good? That is good. I love so that quote. do good just to do good. Mm-hmm. Because it's easier. It's yep. easier than being an a-hole. Yeah. Well, it's not easier. It is easier to be an a-hole, but the rewards suck. Yeah, and it's interesting because I feel like if you were to take God out of that, I feel like it's easy in a more temporal, like worldly viewpoint to think of that as just being weak. You know, it's like it's lacking strength or being a pushover. But when you involve God in that kind of mindset of like, I'm going to be humble then it's like empowering instead of weak. I don't know. Because I think that's a big argument that we have today is that religious people are just being 
controlled and that it's a brainwashing thing or whatever. Like there's so many extremist opinions about it, but it's actually not. Like if you just live that way, you're happier. You feel better. You're more free. This is just my opinion, but I don't know. I think it's awesome to live that Are way. Are you suggesting that if someone doesn't have God in their life that they're not happy? No, that's not what I'm saying. It's like I'm saying if you take it out of that that out quote. Quote. Yeah, like if you take that out, then it's like if people were to just see like, oh, you're going to... I don't know. I guess I'm combining two different things where I've just heard a lot of people say to me that that humility appears weak, if it, that makes sense. It, yeah, it can be. But it's Meekness. like when, when God is there, then it's not weak. It's actually incredibly strong because you're putting off the natural tendencies of your own self which is so hard to do if someone's hurting you or using you the natural reaction is to get even yeah you're like yeah it's it's gain it's getting power over your self and that's empowering if that makes sense like like having self-control is what it is basically yes anyway i don't know what i'm trying to say but it's just my thoughts (laughs) yeah you do those are good thoughts all right so you've been back 30 days now, ish, yeah, more than that. 30 days. Yeah, I think it's been five weeks now. Yeah, so you've, you've basically been living a life of extreme structure for 18 months. Mm-hmm. How is that adjustment? It sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry you had to come home to us. Yeah, no, I love you guys, but that's, it sucks. <laughs> your heathen family members. Yeah. Why does it suck? I think it's hard. Is it just because it's... You have to change. All of a sudden, you, you your whole life was devoted to living one way. Now, you don't have to. You still can, but you don't. Yeah. Like it's, you're outside the rules now, I guess. I think, yeah, I'm definitely living outside the structure of it. It's, I think, one of the hardest things that I've come to realize because I've just noticed that I feel not as, like, fulfilled as I did on my mission just because you know like I said like you you're doing meaningful activities all the time that's what we do every day when we plan is plan a meaningful activity for every hour of the day so you're like doing stuff all the time and then to come home to like oh you don't need to get up at 6 30 anymore you don't need to study your scriptures for an hour you can you don't have to though well you didn't have to do any of that on your mission it's all your choice but yeah, there's the rules, the guidelines, but you still you have don't a choice have to. to do them. Yeah, like no one's there telling you what to do. But anyway, and like I'm not out every day, all day trying to meet new people and talk to people and help them know that God loves them. Like I can still do that. But going from that being my main purpose to, okay, now you need to think about yourself. You need to, like I can exercise for as long as I want now because I have time and I can... And you can sleep in. I can sleep in and I can... And you can go get a job. I can have an afternoon where I do nothing. Like, it's just, it's slower and it's less filling. And I feel like I talk about Christ less, which also sucks. Like, that's, I think that's what is the hardest part is there's so much joy in talking about the Savior for me and having a life now where I don't do that. And I'm just like, I just talk about like school and like, like when I talk to people, it's like, what are you doing for your life now? And it's like the classic small talk. I'm like, this is gross. I used to have way more meaningful conversations. So I just need to like switch it back. And What's like, the classic small talk? Like, oh, what are you doing now? Where are you going to school? What are you doing for work? What are you majoring in? It's because I'm in college. So it's like, it's the same conversation with everyone you meet. And that's on my, that's my own thing. I can change that. Like I can change how I talk to people. But that's just typically the general college life conversation. Whereas 
a month ago it was hey how are you like I, I something about like how a reason why I'm talking to them why I think they're awesome and then something that I felt like I God wanted me to share with them and maybe like hey do you want to learn more about Jesus Christ and like how you can have more of him in your life like it was just more it was more it was more the mission was just more you know but it's okay though because life at home is also great like I get to start um on my mission we only have like one day that's like for personal time that's called our preparation day and for me it was on Mondays and that's like our only day to kind of do things that we want to do and you could do that every day like again no one's telling you what to do but there is like a guideline for the missionary schedule um so it's weird now to have like you know I can go rock climbing and do my own things and have my own hobbies and hang out with my friends and come home at like one in the morning and like I don't know it's just different oh hey dog and so you when you were out there you got to contact us once a week yes once a week we did get to talk to our family whereas when mom went on her mission in the 89-ish, they could call home twice a year. Mm-hmm. You could write so, letters then. And let, still, yeah, letters. Yeah. And yeah, you can do as many letters as you want, but that's a cool thing now with with messengers. You could contact us once a week, which we loved because we missed yeah. you terribly, but we felt like you, you were there with us and we were there with you during that time. Yeah, it is nice to have that communication more often. But it also was hard. Like I sometimes I wished that it was At allowed less because it, it's a choice. You didn't have it's to. It's a choice. But then like I knew that I could. And anyway, like sometimes I wish it was less because I kind of just wanted to be one hundred percent focused on the people there and, and not thinking about home and not thinking not about these outside else. distractions like your nappy old family. Yeah, because sometimes yeah, like I talked to you guys I, and I was like, oh, I'm oh, sad no. now, and I hated that feeling. Or that we I just were, wanted to or like, we got in fights while we were on the phone with you or something. And yeah. the typical family things the came up, and you're like, I don't want to be uh, just dealing let me with live you people in on my own. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> but no, it was good. It is nice to have that now. It's helpful for missionaries who have more anxiety or struggle with things like that, and it's also helpful for the families because in the missionary can influence the family more than when you only get to write letters and talk once or twice a year. So it's mutually beneficial, I think. All right. So now what do you, you're home, the next phase of your life starts. Now what? What are you doing? Uh, school, and why? Working. Working? Working because I want to make money. Because you need money because life costs money. And I get to work with plants, which I love. I love plants so i enjoy that and i get to be outside and plants, i love the sun plants are nicer than people sometimes sometimes yeah but yeah i'm doing that and i'm gonna go to school in the summer i'm taking a career exploration class haha so that i can i'm doing that because i want to figure out for real what i want to do before i dive back into school full-time so i don't waste money because if i don't know what i want to do i'm not going <laughs> so <laughs> i can make money other ways but that's it. Just trying to develop new hobbies and become the person that I want to be and be the person that I want to become. That is excellent. Mm-hmm. As we wrap this up, what is there? Is there, is there something that you want to share about your mission that I haven't asked you? Um, I think the only thing that I can think of is for both members and non-members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is 
Like, if you are a member and you're on a mission or you're going on a mission, have an open mind, I think. Like, I think I had expectations for what my mission was going to be, and I had expectations for how I was going to be and what kind of mission I was going to be and what the gospel was actually like and what teaching was going to be like. I had expectations, and it just was not what I thought it was going to be. And I think having such high expectations for myself was difficult. And so I think if you were to, my advice would be, have an open mind, not only to the pace and the rigor and whatever of a mission, but also to like every person and their opinions and their life. Because everyone's reality is their reality, you know, and everyone's religion is their truth. If they, if they believe that that's truth, I don't know, maybe some people don't, but like, and every religion has something good. And so I guess that would be one of my other takeaways is that there is truth in all things, pretty much, unless it's like satanic or something, then it's probably not. Well, maybe the Satan worshippers think there's <laughs> truth in truth that. It's for them too, so I don't know. Yeah, just teach their own, but to be open-minded. And then like, also if you're not a member, to also be open-minded because there's so many rumors about the Mormons, you know, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. There's so many things that aren't true and I was serving in the Bible Belt where there's you know like like I said a church on every corner there are churches who have classes where they preach anti about our church at church and it's not an uncommon thing and so like a lot of people that I met had all these crazy opinions and stories about our church that just like were not true (laughs) what's the craziest thing you heard about us I wish I could remember now because someone else asked me that and I was like, I don't even remember. I have some written down in my study journal, but there's just like, there's so many that like we actually have horns and that we still practice polygamy and that you have to work, you have to earn your way to heaven and like all these things like your works get you in heaven. I'm like, gosh, that's literally, no. It's misinterpreting scripture. Blasphemy. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That's not that bad though. There was a lot of weird ones and I don't know. So just also have an open mind about the church and if you have questions don't stink and Google it and just don't trust Google because <laughs> Google's also Or if you anti. do, I would say, uh, I have no problem with someone Googling it. How, however, Go to I trusted would, sources. if I want to learn about a Jehovah's Witness, I'm go going to, to go Jehovah's ask Witness. a Jehovah's Witness. I'm yes. not going to Google it because there's going to be wacky weirdo things. Yes. And there are some funny things. Yes, I know everyone thinks we have 17 wives. We do not, and to it, clarify. At one point, <laughs> polygamy was part of the culture in the past yes and there is still a branch of the church i think it's flds fundamentalist they still do it still practice but they are not a part of the church they just think the horns thing is funny i'm curious where that came from that someone would actually believe it however i was in a parade a fourth of july parade in downtown provo mormon central and i turned around and there was a guy who had inch tall horn implants on his forehead that's so funny and so at that point i'm like well it must be true there he is i found one it was really strange yeah i mean there probably are members who do have horns you know like that but it's not like a yeah it's just a religion it's not a open mind and i i I remember when i first joined the church back in 95 in denver i was just in my house and a knock at the door and it was a couple Jehovah's Witness missionaries so I invited them in and there just happened to be a Book of Mormon on our coffee table and the moment they saw that they quickly excused themselves and it was yeah. really strange as if that and I think maybe they're taught sometimes that evil will come out of that book and it's mm-hmm. a book it's a book 
It's a book not, about Christ. It's a book about Christ. <laughs> and, and they were, I just wanted to talk to them. I didn't care. I was, yeah, there were just people to me. Mm-hmm. So if you're going out on a mission, go out and to love and learn from people. Yeah, just love and if people. You, and if, if you aren't a part of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and a missionary comes to your door... Listen. <laughs> just just talk to them. They're just people. There's someone's yeah. that's someone's kid. That's someone's child. Like that's someone's child we, who's afraid to be there and afraid working to be up there the nerve to knock on your door. <laughs> to, yeah, scared to death to, to knock on your door and try to sell you, sell you God. Not you know kind for of, free for free. Not to actually sell you. <laughs> yeah. Very yeah. Good. But yeah, it's be open minded. Open minded on so many levels. And if you are, a, if you claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ, then loving your neighbor is going to be the main thing mm-hmm. and loving God. And again, that's hard to get your head around what that actually means. But the second commandment of loving your neighbor is how you do that. Mm-hmm. And your neighbor is anyone. It's, anyone it's not just literally everybody. your neighbor across the street. It, your neighbor can be your family members. Mm-hmm. Be people you that you're arguing street, with on, on social, media. social media. Social <laughs> that's media your neighbor. is love the them. New, social media is the new neighborhood people. Yep. So love those people and learn. Mm-hmm. Come to it with an attitude of I want to learn why we disagree so much about X, Y, or Z, and I don't mm-hmm. want to change your mind. I just want to know what experiences you've had that have led you to the conclusions and positions you hold. Yeah, and I would also add like be open-minded and and be willing to learn and be willing to act because that is also something that you have. That's a big part of faith, or at least trying to develop develop faith is. You learn something and then you have to go do it. Like that's always what Christ was teaching in, in the New Testament was here's this teaching, like, okay, go do it. Like the Beatitudes in Matthew, whatever, like the poor in spirit and the lowly in heart, or whatever. You need to go do these things because you can't know that it's true unless you try it, you know, like unless you go out and exercise faith and pray about it. Or if you have questions about the Book of Mormon, like read the Book of Mormon. Don't just sit with your questions. Like, do something about it. I don't know do something yeah so that's it revelation comes to those who are on the move yes he cannot steer a parked car that's what we were always told (laughs) cannot steer a parked car god can't he can't lead you if you're not moving that is so good that's mic drop we can end right there there you go thank you so much thanks for having me on the podcast on this is your fourth time i'm a regular on the podcast booyah (laughs) <laughs> I think I don't think I've had anyone else on here four times. Do I get paid? <laughs> Just yeah, it's now a job. You're, Just kidding. Yes, you can get paid now. Perfect. All right, Emily. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you again for listening to the Parish the Thought Show. We would love your comments and feedback on our website at briankeithparish.com slash feedback. If you love or hate what you hear, please give us a rating on whatever platform you find us. You're still here? Click on the next episode for more from the Parish the Thought Show.